Hey everyone, so recently a 22-year-old Iranian woman by the name of Masa Amini, I believe it is, died three days after collapsing while in police custody after being picked up by Iran's so-called morality police. And I know that sounds kind of strange. It almost sounds like something we'd say sarcastically here in the West. Oh, what are you, the morality police? But apparently Iran's oppressive regime actually does employ morality police. As scary as that is. And the arrest happened on September 13th. And her supposed crime was violating Iran's strict dress code by wearing a hijab or headscarf that was allegedly too loose-fitting. The police claimed she wasn't mistreated and died of a heart attack, but her family says she had no history of heart trouble and that they weren't permitted to see her body. But whatever the exact cause of Masa's death, the incident has sparked a wave of protests. Uh, we have women um, publicly taking off their hijabs or headscarves. And I actually found the story of these women pushing back against, uh, you know, this oppressive government to be quite inspiring. And I actually think it's an important story. And uh, I've been trying to get the show back on track, getting an episode out every weekend, and I'm kind of making up for lost time, so this will probably be this episode's only story, so I have a more realistic chance of getting it out to you guys in time. But why don't I read a bit from this PBS article, and no, it's not by Snuffleupagus, um, and apologies for the Sesame Street joke, uh, PBS and all. I know this is a serious story, um, but it's entitled, Iranian Protests Continue, Sparked by Death of Young Woman Arrested for Violating Dress Code, and it's dated September 21st, so just a few days ago. And apologies, I think I just accidentally said Iranian. I believe the proper pronunciation is Iranian. It's Iran and Iraq, not Iran and Iraq. Um, I, I think so. I remember uh, Christian Amanpour making that point on CNN many years ago. Anyway, so it begins... Protests have erupted across Iran in recent days after a 22-year-old woman died while being held by the morality police for violating the country's strictly enforced Islamic dress code. The death of Masa Amini, who had been picked up for her allegedly loose headscarf or hijab, has triggered daring displays of defiance in the face of beatings and possible arrest. Many Iranians, particularly the young, have come to see Amini's death as part of the Islamic Republic's heavy-handed policing of dissent and the morality police's increasingly violent treatment of young women. In street protests, some women tore off their mandatory headscarves, demonstratively twirling them in the air. Videos online showed two women throwing their hijabs into a bonfire. Another woman is seen cutting off her hair in a show of protest. At some of the demonstrations, protesters clashed with police, and thick clouds of tear gas were seen rising in the capital of Tehran. Protesters were also chased and beaten with clubs by the motorcycle-riding besiege. The besiege volunteers in Iran's paramilitary revolutionary guard have violently suppressed protests in the past, including over water rights in the country's cratering economy. 
Yet some demonstrators still chant death to the dictator, targeting both Supreme Leader Ayatollah al-Khamenei and Iran's theocracy. And apologies there, I meant Ali Khamenei. I accidentally said al-Khamenei. Okay, we now rejoin the weakened out already in progress. Despite the threat of arrest, imprisonment, and even the possibility of a death sentence. And here's a section that goes over what sparked the protests again. And I apologize if some of it seems redundant or, you know, it's, it's stuff we've already gone over, but there's some additional detail. Iran's morality police arrested Amini on September 13th in Tehran, where she was visiting from her hometown in the country's western Kurdish region. She collapsed at a police station and died three days later. Police detained her over wearing her hijab too loosely. Iran requires women to wear the headscarf in a way that completely covers their hair when in public. Only Afghanistan under Taliban rule now actively enforces a similar law. Ultra-conservative Saudi Arabia has dialed back its enforcement over recent years. The police deny Amini was mistreated and say she died of a heart attack. President Ibrahim Razi, I believe it is, who spoke at the UN General Assembly on Wednesday, has promised an investigation. Amini's family say she had no history of heart trouble and that they were prevented from seeing her body before she was buried. The demonstrations erupted after her funeral in the Kurdish city of Sukhez on Saturday and quickly spread to other parts of the country, including Tehran. And then it goes into how are women treated in Iran. Iranian women have full access to education, work outside the home, and hold public office. But they are required to dress modestly in public, which includes wearing the hijab, as well as long, loose-fitting robes. Unmarried men and women are barred from mingling. How do you become married if you're barred from mingling? Well, arranged marriages, I imagine. The rules, which date back to the days after the 1979 Islamic Revolution, are enforced by the morality police, the force officially known as the Guidance Patrol is stationed across public areas, it is made up of men as well as women. And they mention the 1979 revolution, and it's pretty wild if you juxtapose or compare uh, how women dressed prior to the revolution and how they were forced to dress afterwards under, you know, theocratic rule. Um, yeah, it's pretty wild if you look at Women in the 70s and 60s prior to the revolution in Iran, they look very much like Western women. Their hair is uncovered. Uh, they're wearing Western dress. Um, quite the difference. So kind of sad to see a, a culture actually move backwards like that, at least in my opinion, as someone who believes people should be free to dress how they want and not be under theocratic rule. But I'll continue. Enforcement was eased under former President Hassan Rouhani, a relative moderate who at one point accused the morality police of being overly aggressive. In 2017, the head of the force said it would no longer arrest women for violating the dress code. 
But under Razi, a hardliner elected last year, agents of the morality police appear to have been unleashed. The UN Human Rights Office says young women have been slapped in the face, beaten with batons, and shoved into police vehicles in recent months. And the next part discusses the Iranian government's response to the protests. Iranian leaders have vowed to investigate the circumstances of Amini's death, while accusing unnamed foreign countries and exiled opposition groups of seizing on it as a pretext to foment unrest. That's been a common pattern during protests in recent years. Iran's ruling clerics view the United States as a threat to the Islamic Republic and believe the adoption of Western customs undermines society. Khamenei himself has seized on so-called quote-unquote color protests in Europe and elsewhere as foreign interventions and not as people demonstrating for more rights. If I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong, I think the term color protests uh, refers to basically anti-regime protests. Uh, once again, could be wrong. I know I've heard the term color revolution before, and I just looked it up. Uh, color revolution, sometimes colored revolution, is a term used since around 2004 by worldwide media to describe various anti-regime protest movements and accompanying attempted or successful changes of government that took place in post-Soviet Eurasia during the early 21st century, namely countries of the former Soviet Union, the former Yugoslavia, and People's Republic of China. The term has also been more widely applied to several other revolutions elsewhere, including in the Middle East. So, color revolution, color protests, I don't know if they're one and the same or not. Um, and full disclosure, that was from Wikipedia. I know, I know Wikipedia. Um, but let's return to that article, the PBS one, and I'll jump down a bit. The governor of Tehran said Wednesday that authorities arrested three foreign nationals at protests in the capital without elaborating. Iranian security forces have arrested at least 25 people, and the governor of the Kurdistan province says three people have been killed by armed groups in unrest linked to the protests, without elaborating. Activists and human rights groups have blamed Iranian security forces for killing protesters and other demonstrations, like those over gasoline prices in 2019. And there's been some other developments regarding Iran's or the Iranian government's response. Uh, this is from USA Today. As the protests have expanded, Iran's government has blocked access to the Internet and some data services. And then the U.S. on September 22nd sanctioned assets belonging to senior members of Iran's morality police. Good and the part about blocking internet access reminds me of something I discussed recently on the show about how I think, you know, social media can be a powerful tool for shining light on human rights issues and that kind of thing and uh, allowing people to offer a window into what's going on in their part of the world, you know, during protests and upheaval, etc. And uh, so hopefully people are still able to use the internet to show everyone what's going on in Iran right now, you know, to some degree at least, despite the government's attempt to block access. 
And it also says in Tehran, death to the dictator, which I think we already covered, was the demonstrator's refrain while angrily marching through the streets. In Mashhad, I think it is, they set fire to a police car and chanted, our foolish leader is our shame. And he is, and I don't think they should feel shame, you know, they're fighting for change, but... Here they are, people trying to live or join the modern, you know, live in or join the modern world. And they have this oppressive theocratic regime trying to hold them down and push them back into the dark ages. I really wish these protesters well, and I hope as much as possible that they're able to stay safe and avoid authoritarian violence. I'm sure some people are going to get hurt. Some people are probably going to die. More people are probably going to die. Uh, But I I wish them well with all my heart. And I hope some change does come about because of all this. And that things just don't settle down and go back to normal. But unfortunately, that is one possibility. But I just wanted to get at least one story out for you guys. So as always, thanks for listening, everyone. And, uh... Until next time, brothers and sisters.